This is the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, episode 22. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part, it won't break your bank. And now, the Budget Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 22 of the Budget Minded Traveler podcast. Today, I have a surprise for you. But before I get into that, I wanted to give an extra special shout out to all of my readers and listeners who have helped me with the launch of my ebook. The Aspiring Traveler's Handbook is now available on Amazon for Kindle. And um, I wanted to say if you don't have a Kindle, the Kindle app is actually free for any device. So you can now take it with you on the road, which I am really excited about one year after the publishing of the print book. So again, thank you so much if you were part of that project. Okay, so if you are a regular listener of this podcast, then you will remember episode 16 when I got to talk to three kids about traveling with their parents. Two of those kids were Allie and Noel, um, ages 14 and 11, respectively, and they told us all about their three-month trip traveling with their parents around Europe in a van. And today we're going to talk to their parents, Mark and Jolene. And I'm really excited to bring them on because as you guys already know, family travel is not something that I know anything about. And so Mark and Jolene really, really get into a lot of logistics in this interview, which is what I love because obviously we can talk about, you know, how great it is to bring your kids and what, I mean, I know you're not really looking for reasons to bring them. You want to bring them with you. What you need is the planning help and, you know, things to think about that'll make the trip better for them, et cetera. And these guys have been there and done that. And they have some really great insight into, um, not only, you know, leading up to the trip, things to do and, and not to do, um, some of the mistakes that they made, but also, you know, while you're traveling, some things that'll, um, some things that'll make it easier, make it more fun for the kids and some budget tips and all sorts of good stuff. So um, we'll go ahead and get into that interview with Mark and Jolene Hamilton, Allie and Noel's parents. So here we go. All right, Mark and Jolene, I'm so excited to have you guys on after having spoken with your daughters just like a month ago or so. Um, How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us on. And we're excited. So we've already heard from both um, Allie and Noel, who are 11 and 14, your two daughters, about your trip to Europe for three months where you guys got to travel around in a van um, as a family. And so I wanted to talk with you guys to kind of get the other side of the story. And I know that a lot of the audience is excited to hear from you as well. So um, why don't you first t- tell us just a little bit about yourselves and your travel backgrounds, if you traveled before this trip, um, and then you know what you guys do for a living, etc. Okay, well, I'm self-employed, and it gives me a little bit of flexibility to travel. Um, I, I started traveling, oh, right out of of college, I guess. And it seems like as much as I always wanted to go other places, Europe always called me back. I did right out of college. I did a three month trip and I was really into mountain climbing and rock climbing. So I lived out of a backpack and had all the adventures that go along with that. 
And then when I met Jolene, I just returned from that trip. And a few years later, we were fortunate enough, uh, we were in our 20s before we got married, to move over to Spain for a year. And we lived over there. Uh, she worked, and I sort of played around. We did that for a year. And that sort of that year ended with us riding our bikes across Europe. Oh, that's so, so awesome. As we returned from there. Yeah, that was a, a great adventure. And, um, you know, of course, ultimately, that's what led to us going back with the kids. Okay. And Jolene, what about you? What do you do? How is it that you guys can just take off for three months? We are really lucky. I'm a teacher and um, I did not travel much until I'm, well, I traveled around the United States, but I didn't even think about going overseas until I met Mark. And he had just come back and was so excited. And so after looking at all of his slides, I was thinking it would be so great for us to go over there. And we planned on just going over for uh, for a couple of months during the summer. And then I was able to get a teaching position in Spain. And so that enabled us to stay for the whole year. And then when my position ended there, we had those few months where we could travel before I had to start teaching again here. And that's when we did our, our bike trip. Okay. That makes sense. What was your, this is kind of a side note, but what was your teaching job in Spain? How did you get that? That was the greatest job. I went to a, they have job fairs here in the United States to recruit people to teach at different schools around the world. And you can just, um, you pay a certain fee and you go and there's all different schools from all over. I think the, the fair was in Iowa and I went and set up different interviews and got an offer in Syria and wow. Spain. And I chose the one in Spain, which was just, it was so lucky. It was an American school where they teach only in English to people who speak only Spanish at first. And as the kids come up, they just, they are completely immersed in English. So they're totally bilingual. And some of them are trilingual as they learn French and, or Basque. It was in the Basque country. Right. Okay. That is so perfect. Do you, what are, what is that job? How do people find that job there? I wish I could remember. It was a long time ago, but I imagine if you just Google, it's only for teachers as far as I know. And I don't, do you remember Mark? I don't. I, I don't remember what it was called or how I found it at the time <laughs> since it was so long ago. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll let that one go. <laughs> that sounds like a great situation, I, though. I wish I could tell you more about it. I don't remember. Yeah, that's okay. I just had to ask, you know, because I mean, that's that's like a gold mine. That sounds like a really great job, a great opportunity for you to get over there. So. But anyway, so coming back to the subject, so your um, your bike trip happened when you guys were still riding solo, and now you have two daughters. So how did you how did you decide to take the trip? Really, like what what was it? Because you waited obviously what a, a, at least eleven years, right, <laughs> to do that. Right. We did. We waited a long time, but we knew that we always wanted to go back, you know, mm -hmm. before we even left Europe coming here. I made Mark promise that we could go back. And then we had the kids not long after that. So then just automatically our plans included taking the girls. But, you know, as you travel and as you see new places, it's always so great later to think, wow, I would love to show them this or or I would love for them to see that. And sometimes the best joy is not in seeing it again, but in seeing it through somebody else's eyes who has never, never experienced that before. And so mm -hmm. if it can be your children, that makes it just even that much more fun. Right. Was there a reason you waited until they were 
eight and 11 or did you plan that or did it just kind of come up at that time? Uh, There were two factors that led to that. I think one of them just being age, they were ultimately, I think, I think the ideal situation for our kids would have been if they were both 11 years old, but since there were two of them, we had to sort of split the difference. Noel may have been a little bit young. Um, And then, you know, likewise, Allie at 11, you know, she's just becoming an adolescent at 12 and 13. They don't want to hang out with their parents for three months anymore. You know, it's more interesting to be around their friends. So I think we just sort of caught her at the tail end of, of her, of her childhood, I guess, before she went into adolescence. So that was good timing. But the other factor was, was Jolene's job. Right. I had a really good opportunity. There used to be a a program where the school district would let you put away 80% of your pay each month, and then you could take a leave of absence that, that fifth year. And the program doesn't exist anymore, but during that time, I was able to take a year's leave and get the the pay that I had been saving all along. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was great. And the other thing, in hindsight, we didn't know what the girls would be. They were so great for traveling then, and we were worried that perhaps as they got older, they wouldn't it wouldn't be as an enjoyable, but now knowing them at their ages now at mm-hmm. 14 and 11, I would love to do it now with both of them too. It just, we didn't know. We were right. scared about teenagers and as it turns out there, it would be just as fun now, I'm sure. Yeah. And it sounds like they want to go again. <laughs> so yeah, you could always try again. <laughs> and we will, we will. Mm-hmm. So the One of the things about your trip that really fascinates me that I love, and I think it's because it's like this romanticized ideal idea, but you traveled in a Volkswagen van, which is just awesome. And so I really want to know what made you decide to do the trip in the van? Like, what was the kicker there? You know, we explored a lot of options. And I think Jolene and I have been fortunate in the fact that we lived in Europe I think we traveled by every possible method, you know, prior to this trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, you know, for me as the engineer, I think the numbers always really speak to me. And looking at the costs and the logistics, the van was a was a pretty good choice for us for for the three month stay. You know, the the van with the van, you get your transportation, your lodging, and your cooking all in one one. expenditure, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed logical. Um, And it turns out, I don't think we realized this at the time, but but now looking back, and I've talked to Noelle about it too, because Noelle wasn't as keen on leaving home as Allie was. And one great part about a van is that that's sort of your little home on wheels. After they get used to it, you know, after a couple weeks, it becomes their bedroom, their comfortable place, their stuffed animals are in there. We brought some books. Mm-hmm. So when you when you go out and and you know when she's homesick or whatever you go back to the van it's sort of nice to crawl into your your own bed your have your own pillow your stuffed animals where you left it so it's kind of an, a little home on wheels that I think it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it did, and that also begs the question though: where did you get the van? Uh, you know, we looked again with the internet now. It, things are so much easier than they used to be, but spent a lot of time researching. Um, ultimately for us, we had a fixed budget and it, you know, it wasn't huge. So that limited our options. It was an older van. It was a 1986, you know, yellow rusty van that there's a a couple in Germany that they have a a small fleet of vans. They have two or three vans. They're older, they're cheaper. 
And um, there were some issues shifting, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try driving through Athens in rush hour when the shifter doesn't quite work as good as maybe a brand new van would. But yeah. it all definitely fit into our budget. So um, just basically we found it on the internet. And did you buy it or did you rent it from them? No, we, we rented it for two months from them. Okay. That and is was, so interesting. Yeah, it, it was a little, um, I would say, nerve-wracking when you send, I, I forget how many euros it costs. It's not cheap, you know, mm-hmm. to somebody that you've just met on the internet and maybe talked to once. That's a little bit, it was a bit of a leap of faith, but everything worked out great. They met us at the uh, at the train station in Cologne, and everything was as, as planned. It was uh, actually a great experience. That's awesome. I wonder if they're still doing that. That would be a good resource to have. They are doing it. And uh, in fact, when we got back, one of our friends who loves to travel and um, has his own Volkswagen van, he, uh, I think maybe a year ago, he used their service and and got a van and pretty much did the same trip we did. Wow. So would you feel comfortable sharing that contact information or how did, how did you find it? Was there a website that you found them on? Um, there was, and I, I can't recall it, but I can definitely, um, look that up and I would love to share that. Okay, great. We'll, uh, we'll put the link to that in the show notes page then so that it's there in case people want to check that out. And I'm talking about myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. Okay. And then, so I guess that explains about the van. So what other, what kind of logistics kind of planning did you have to do before, Meaning you said you had a budget. So I'm curious about that. But how else did you, you know, did you plan anything for your house while you were away? Um, You know, what was what was all the logistics that went into that? There was a lot of planning and it was it was exciting. So the planning was fun. And again, with the Internet, it makes it much easier. Um, I had a nephew at the time who stayed at our house, so he took care of the house while we were gone, and it was nice for him because before that he had a roommate, and so it was nice for him to just get away from the roommate and have his own space. Mm -hmm. We had friends who took care of our bills, although now so much of that you can just do online. But we had friends who were watching to make sure that, you know, nothing special came up. Mostly the mail, they would just go through the mail. If it looked, you know, anything important, they would let us know. Um, We had no pets at the time. And one of the reasons we had no pets is because we knew that eventually we'd be doing this trip. And so we kept that in mind and told the girls no forever. (laughs) Um, But other than that, we just tried hard not to make a whole lot of plans for when we were over there because we didn't want to be tied down. And we didn't know how traveling would be that long with the girls. So we tried not to do day-to-day plans. We just tried to make sure that we had the big plane tickets or train mm-hmm. tickets. And then in between that, we did very little planning. That is so awesome. So you could just kind of go wherever you decided to go next. That's a great, I think that's, I mean, that's one of the advantages of having your own lodging and transportation. Right. We just had a very rough draft and Mark did a great job of just kind of mapping out so that we had a logical order of places that we wanted to see, but mm-hmm. not really a, you know, set schedule. We did not have an itinerary. Right. We, I, I really like to plan, I guess it's the engineer in me, and I did come up with a spreadsheet of, and we talked about it uh, as a family, you know, where do we want to go? And of course, you, you know, your wish list is a mile long. And I wrote all of those places down. And then I went on the map and I went on to, you know, Google Maps, for example, and 
started putting in the kilometers and it became obvious really quick that we weren't going to hit everything. I mean, unless you were doing 200 kilometers a day. Um, so we had to pare it down. And then, so what we kind of did is made a rough outlines. Uh, uh, for example, you know, we knew that by the end of the first month, we'd want to be, you know, heading back up from Italy. And by the end of the second month, we might want to be in France so that we could return the van in time. But uh, if we, we kind of set up a framework and then we just sort of worked within that. And we did deviate from it, but it, but it helped guide us and, and just more than anything realize, hey, is, is it even possible to do these this amount of mileage, you know, on the trip? And then, of course, you add in the fuel costs. And we also realized that that was limiting, too, because the fuel costs can get overwhelming. Yeah, it's a lot more expensive over there, right? It, it sure is, yeah. But you know, and the camp, the campgrounds were more, much more expensive too. But they have a lot more amenities. In fact, that was one of the, uh, I think, one of the keys for the travel was the campgrounds. We tried to choose campgrounds that the kids would like. A lot of them had pools, and we were going in the fall, so it was still warm, especially um, you know down south. But pools right. and they had parks, and some of them were you know on beaches, and we would try to select campgrounds that had those amenities. Mm-hmm. So you said you went in the fall and that, I mean, you, you took like three months out of your fall. So how did you do that with the girls' school? You know, what we did is during the summer before we left, I homeschooled them. So all the three months during the summer when we would be out playing, we did schooling during the mornings. And that way, when we were on our trip during September, October, and November, we didn't we didn't have to do the schooling to catch them up. They were already caught up. So just the experience and the history, we did all of that while we were there, but we did not have specific hours where we sat down and did math. We tried to do that before we left so that we wouldn't have to do it on our trip. And you were successful at that, it sounds like? We were. When they came back, they felt like they had not missed anything. The teachers um, didn't feel like they were behind I don't know if the girls felt that the summer Mm -hmm. school was successful, but in the end it worked out. Yeah, that's genius, really, like to just do it over the summer and because you're you're essentially taking your vacation at a different time of the year. So it makes perfect sense, really. And you're a teacher, so that helps. <laughs> that does help. Although I truly think anybody could do it. And, you know, at least here in Nevada, to get a plan to homeschool, it takes so little for the school district to approve it. You just have to kind of give them a loose idea of what you're going to study. And you just say you're going to study the same standards that they'll be studying and they'll approve it. And then you just kind of... You just go with what the school district would do anyway. Mm-hmm. Then did you, while you guys were traveling, did you do, I mean, y- you said already that you, uh, you tried to pick fun campgrounds. Did you guys do anything extra special to make it fun for the kids? Like, were they into anything specifically that you could take advantage of while you were over there? You know, that was probably one of the most important things we did is try to include the interest that they had into the trip. I mean, with, when you do that, you get a little more buy-in um, on the whole adventure. At the time, Allie, I, I think it was when that book, there were some books, uh, was it Percy Jackson? Right. And there's a lot of Greek mm-hmm. mythology in that. And she was really into Greek gods and goddesses and mythology. And, and you know, I, I, I couldn't remember any of that stuff from when I was a kid. But she said, well, I want to go to Greece. And at first I thought, well, it's pretty hard to drive a VW van over to Greece. But then we decided to include that indoor trip, and it was really rewarding. And it's not easy, you know, getting from, you know, there's some ferry rides involved, but it actually turned out to be one of the most rewarding parts of the trip. So 
with her interest in Greece, for example, um, you know, we had our own little tour guide over there. Oh. She would tell us about Greek mythology, and and she she would tell us about the different gods, and we'd see a temple of, uh, you know, a certain goddess, and she would tell us what it was all about. So things like that, I think it's important to leverage those interests. Um, Noelle had an interest. She had seen a picture of Venice um, when she was little, and she had an interest in that. So that also um, was something we tried to tie in. Of course, you know, kids are into castles and things, and we, uh, um, you know, so so we tried to see as many of those. But I think along with that, you know, outside of just the interest, just the day-to-day, um, I think probably one of the best things we did is we, we tried not to book everything you know, from sunrise to sunset. And we, we did a lot of playing and sitting on beaches. And, you know, in addition to, to trying to, to learn things and see big sites or museums, we definitely did a lot of just relaxed downtime as well. Mm-hmm. We tried hard to find places that the girls would find interesting. And a lot of times it was kind of hard for Mark and I because they weren't things that we would normally do. Like I remember in Prague, we got a brochure for a laser light show neon light show I can't remember what it was and the girls saw the brochure and they just they really wanted to go and you know we kind of rolled our eyes and thought it was going to be kitschy but it turned out to be the greatest show you know there were so many things that we would not have seen had we not paid attention to those little things or just um, searching out neighborhood parks you know when you're in Paris you usually have a list of things that you want to see and usually it's not a child's park Mm -hmm. or the there's a chocolate museum in Paris and yes. that wouldn't be an artist, but the girls loved it. And so to, trying to take into account the things that they think are important, even if it's not really on our list of things to do. I, I think one of the, the funniest things that happened to us, we were in Paris and um, we had the van for the first couple months. And the last month we had, um, we had rented three different apartments and we had a tiny little apartment in Paris that was, the owner of the Paris apartment warned us before we got there. He said, you guys are going to be really disappointed in how small this apartment is. After being in a VW van for two months, we were we were thrilled with the size of it. Yeah. <laughs> but while we were there, the kids, you know, were sort of looking through a guidebook. And uh, we didn't, we failed to, to mention that Euro Disney was, you know, a train ride away from Paris. But they found it in the guidebook. And so they approached us one day after we were out and they had written up a proposal <laughs> and they said, you're not going to believe this, but you know, Euro Disney is here and why didn't you tell us, but we want to go. And so they wrote a proposal. They even knew which train we had to get on, what time we had to be there. And of course, Jolene and I, our first thought was, well, you know, we're in Europe. Last thing we want to do is Disney stuff, but they were so good and so um, willing to go along with all of our things that we let them plan this trip to, to, to Euro Disney, and we did we did spend a day there. So I think, and the kids do talk about that. You know, allowing them to do things that they want to do, I think, is important and makes the trip much more enjoyable. Definitely, that is. I love that story. I love that they wrote you a proposal and like had the trains figured out and everything. That's so well, it was, awesome. It was very professional. And yeah. it, was, uh, it was well written and. They, they told us, you know, hey, here's the bargaining chips where you dragged us through these castle tours. We, you know, we went here and here and here and, you know, saw these Roman ruins and got to listen to your spiel about history, you know, for two months. So, you know, throw us a bone, basically. <laughs> That's so funny. 
So as the trip, like now that you can look back at everything, do you think that you like, is there anything you would do different if you could do it over again, as in mistakes that you think you made? Yes, but not so much on the trip, but the plan up to the trip, we made a huge mistake in that we, Mark and I were so excited about it. We talked about it all the time. We built it up so huge. It's kind of like when when a friend goes to a movie and they tell you it was the best movie you've ever seen and then you go to the movie and you're like, yeah, well, it's good. It yeah. was kind of like that. We talked about how amazing it was and it was amazing. But by then, for one thing, they were sick of hearing about it. <laughs> we thought it would be great if we had them read books about the places we would go. You know, looking back, I think, oh my gosh, what were we thinking? But we thought they'd have some sort of tie to it. And when we got there, they'd say, oh yeah, I read about that. But as mm-hmm. that turned out, it would have been much better for us to just keep it more mellow, not build it up. Like Mark gives the example about Venice. We told Noelle how amazing it is, and it is. But because we had built it up so much in her head, she just had this, um, just an incredible picture in her head. And so when she got there and it was hot and there were a lot of people and um, it was muggy, it just, it would have been better for her to have no picture of it at all. And then she would have been, wow, just this, wow. Mm -hmm. So I think we maybe spent way too much time telling them how great it was going to be. Yeah. Like trying to get them interested in it. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, you don't have to bombard them with that sort of stuff. They'll, I think there's a beauty in self-discovery, mm. you know, on the Venice thing. If you just showed up and said, hey, look at this cool town. Wow. You know, they would have been just amazed at right. how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think other mistakes that that we made is I, I'm really goal oriented at times. And I can, uh, if I say, okay, we're going to be here in a certain place by by a certain time, then I, I tend to want to stick to that. And there's really no reason to do that. So I, I can, you know, kind of crack the whip a little too much, I guess. Um, looking back, I would say I would probably try to relax a little bit more and maybe, um, although I think we did a fair job of, of, you know, trying to deviate from the agenda when necessary, but Mm -hmm. I know that I can get a little, little over the top sometimes when plans don't come together as, as I, I want them to. Yeah, that's the time that you need to kind of be flexible. You learn that when you travel. Yes. So on the other hand, what were your biggest successes? Well, I think the fact that the girls now, whenever I hear them talking to somebody else, it their view of the world is larger than it was before. And they now, I think, have the desire to travel. Maybe Noelle not as much. But I think as she gets older, I think she'll she'll want to get out there and explore more. And that's important to me to have her want to see other things. And I do think that they're, they're extremely flexible now. And I know that they were before, but when plans change, it does not phase them at all. Hmm. And I think that, that that trip helped because they just automatically changed all the time. So there was that, that I think, I, I think that was one of the good things to come out of the trip. And I think they're also more understanding of people from other places, there were some very frustrating times where we were trying to communicate and you can't come up with the words and you feel like such an idiot because it's something super simple and everyone mm-hmm. around you knows exactly what to do and you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so I think when they see somebody that maybe does not speak English, they understand how frustrating that can be. And I think they're empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, 
Allie actually speaking about that in hers. She, she, she seemed to really learn about that, which is awesome at such a young age, you know? Mm-hmm. So what advice would you guys give to other parents considering long-term travel with their children? I mean, I know you guys only went for three months, which may not be considered super long-term, but I think that it is when you bring your kids with you. So um, what kind of advice would you give to other parents? You know, I think the first thing I would say is if it's something you want to do, then you need to plan and, and budget and start saving immediately because I think and I think Jolie and I are guilty of this too. Um, oh, well, we'll wait, you know, next summer we'll have a little more money or we'll just wait till there's a better time. Really, you know, and you'll never have more money and there'll never be a better time. Right. So you just take what happened with us that was really fortunate is Jolene talked about that program, that five-year program. Well, Prior to that, she was working half-time um, when the kids were little, and we were living off of one salary, so we knew we could do it. Mm-hmm. So we took all of her her new salary, and we just started saving it, and we just put it in a, its own account, and, and then we had a chunk of cash that we could draw from, and I think just making that step, even though we weren't quite sure where we were going to go yet, uh, we just, just made that made it happen. I think that's important. Yes. Yes. That in our heads, almost every decision we made, like, okay, we can get a new couch or we can go to Italy, you know, yep. and so everything was either, okay, it can go into this account or we can go out to dinner. And so it really helped us to just focus on that and make sure that that was always in our head. So just make that decision. Definitely. That's one of the things that I love to talk about is really it's your priority and it's your perspective. And those two things can make you save like no other. I think um, another piece of advice I would give is, you know, all, all, everybody's different. All kids are different uh, regardless of age. And um, I know that we've, we've had a few friends that say, oh, my gosh, we can't imagine our kids in a van for two months. We can't imagine them in a van, the same van for two hours. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not to say that their kids are bad and our kids are good or, or whatever, but um, – I think we were fortunate for this type of travel and our, our kids get along really well. They're pretty mild mannered. Um, and I think you have to consider the personalities involved. Um, you know, the, these guys have been traveling since they were really little and they're, they're pretty good at it. And like I said, they're also just tend to be patient and, and get along well. And you would, might have to adjust your expectations, you know, depending on, on your children, you know, some of them may not be as, as, okay with with doing this type of travel certainly for that length of of time right Uh, and also kids do change with age i know we i always laugh when when Allie was really little we were going to do a lot like a month-long trip one summer and and she was really good at at traveling up and all of a sudden she was little and something happened for like a three-month period boy she just would not sit in the car so we had to change our plans and so i think especially when they're little you might have to adjust it based on on you know their act, how they're acting and their personalities too. I think if you have kids who are um, much more used to a routine, then a different type of trip might work. Like maybe to a place where you just stay, so that you can have breakfast at a certain time and lunch at a certain time, and it can be just more scheduled depending on your kids' personalities. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And, right. and we have some we have some friends that enjoy traveling as well and. They just got back from um, I, I like a Disney cruise ship that cruised the Mediterranean. I think it was like a 14-day trip. And they went. I know they went to Greece, Italy, and things. But they were basically on a really fun-filled cruise. And then that satisfied the kids. 
And then they would do port calls um, to neat little places. And that sort of satisfied the adults. And, and they sort of agreed that, um, you know, I, I don't know if their kids would enjoy a van ride as much. Um, so I think that worked out well for them, that type of travel. That's a great, a great piece of advice, I think. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. Are you, um, you guys had a blog, didn't you, when you were, when you were traveling? Are you okay with people going to that if they want to read about your travels? Oh, uh, yeah, we'd love it. I, I love to share it. Um, the blog was dagobertdaily.blogspot.com. And Dagobert was the name of our VW van. <laughs> it's just, it's D-A-G-O-B-E-R-T. Um, okay. So there's a lot of, we, we would update that blog every day on our trip for our friends and family. And it was sort of interesting because people that we didn't even know started following it because they heard about it through friends. So that made it enjoyable for us. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'll put that on the, on the show notes page too, if anybody wants to check out, check that out. Well, wonderful. Is there anything else you guys want to share or? Well, we could probably talk for hours. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. Get boring after a while. No, I think that was it. It was, uh, I just can't express enough how much I enjoy traveling alone and how much I liked it even better with the girls there and sharing it with them. So I think it's uh, anybody that has the opportunity. I just, I think it's a great thing to do. And that's it. Well, that's great. Thank you guys so much for for uh, for sharing your wisdom about family travel with kids because it's definitely something that I just don't know about. So I really appreciate your entire family coming on to shed some light on the subject for us. It's been Thanks great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll we'll catch up with you on your next family trip, right? Okay, that sounds great. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview, especially for parents out there. I really hope that it was helpful and inspiring for you. And remember that if you still have questions about family travel, feel free to participate in the comments on the show notes page, which for this episode, you can find at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 22. And I will do my best to get those answered for you. And along with the comment section on the show notes page, you can find the link to their blog if you want to learn or read about their travels. And there are a couple more things that I wanted to add um, that we didn't talk about in the interview, but we have the the name of the rental where they got the van is also going to be on the show notes page. And it looks like they spent about 3,500 euros for two months with the van. And um, if you remember, they, they actually spent the last month in four different apartments in Paris, San Sebastian, Barcelona, and Prague. And so when everything was said and done, they had spent about $30,000 and their original budget was $24,000, but they decided that, um, you know, little splurges here and there for eating out and, you know, museum tours and castle tours and river cruises and all those things would be worth the additional expense. So that's where they ended up. And there's one resource that they wanted to mention which was by Rick Steves. If you haven't heard of him, he's, um, he's, he's pretty awesome. He does travel guides and such, but they used a book called Europe 101. And apparently, Allie read it about three times cover to cover while they were on their trip. And so apparently it's great for kids as well. So I'll have a link to that resource on the show notes page as well. So that's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in and we will see you next time. 